0: Are we rolling? (laughs) Speed. (laughs) I don't know what that means.
1: (laughs) Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the
0: torch because it's cellar time.
1: Welcome to the Crack Cellar, as the prophecy was once foretold. I'm T-Spirit Penguin Daniel.
0: And I have become sharpened nickel. Ooh. Not broad. Broad no more.
1: No? Okay. Sharp. (laughs) Soon you will be withered. Broadcaster... Many things have happened in the many moons since we last talked. Uh, I'm sure everyone is very familiar with the great liberal meltdown of 2022 at the hands of Papa Musk, broadcaster. Tell me, do you think Alex Jones will be back? And if so... Over under on how many days? I think
0: Alex Jones is dead. (laughs) His clone is yet to come out of the oven.
1: Think someone's just deep faking him.
0: Right now, maybe, perhaps. (laughs) But they're working on a a new model. Mm. No doubt. I can feel it.
1: Yeah. Telling me. Yeah, it's real interesting because, like, technically. Musk isn't even in control of Twitter yet, but, like, so much shit has already changed. Like, I don't know if you followed this at all, but, like, all the right-wing people have gained, like, fucking shit-tons of followers back after they got cold a couple years ago, a.k.a. the Trump execution hour when they kicked him off. I'm pretty sure they shadow-banned and banned a whole bunch of... uh, right-wing people so all of them are back now for some reason uh all the right-wing people that were shadow banned that like if they tweeted you couldn't see their tweet unless you went specifically to their profile apparently all that's gone they're basically reversing all of the sort of policies that all the right-wing people bitched about for the last two years preemptively so What do you think that means? Do you think that they're, like, trying to cover their asses in anticipation of something coming out? Like, like some dark secret that's going to be unearthed?
0: Uh, I mean, fuck, dude. Probably. I mean, I I try not to think about Twitter too much, because that place hurts my head, but... I mean, it would seem logical, like, just how much discourse has gone on on that platform in the past, like, four to six years. And these last four to six years have been, well, pretty (laughs) game-changing. So, it it wouldn't surprise me to find out that they may have, uh, I don't know, influenced an election or something like that, you know, which... You know, given the right documents surface might point to some people committing fraud. Maybe (laughs) I'm not sure, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. When I I think
1: of Twitter headquarters right now, I just imagine like a thousand employees frantically shredding documents.
0: (laughs) Well, that's any of these companies nowadays, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like they're like picking out, uh, like turning a rock over on the beach. You just see all the crabs and shit flee, <laughs> 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 yeah, but these companies are nowadays. they're like, "Fuck, we've been found out, like it used to be like you'd see like things like Enron happen, and they would like the media would build this sense up like uh, you know ah uh, a bad conglomerate, not like all the other good conglomerates, you know. <laughs> yeah uh, enron wasn't even a conglomerate but you got giant companies you get what i'm saying just like huge names out there you know just turning out to be total ponzi schemes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i find it funny
1: that the all the left-wing people are all of a sudden are like billionaires shouldn't be able to control our speech and shit and it's like up until elon musk buying twitter no one ever said that ever like no one had problems with Jeff Bezos or any of these other guys because they had Twitter, the right
0: politics. Twitter was a beacon for the truth, apparently, until Elon Musk acquired it. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay.
1: Uh... <laughs> it's okay with communist China controls TikTok that basically influences the entire culture that our kids. Uh, Existent. Well, you don't have kids, but essentially all kids right now are obsessed with TikTok. And we're okay with that, but not the smartest man in the world or one of the smartest men in the world who created Tesla and SpaceX and like all these crazy companies that should not have been successful, but are by a miracle. And it's you can't call it a fluke either because he's done it several times. No one just starts yeah. a business to fly to the fucking moon, man. That's something out of a comic book. You must be like, you know, I think I'm going to fly to the moon. <laughs> <He> fucking... <laughs> it's I crazy, think that's man. the
0: scariest part about the whole thing <laughs> is that, like, the. It, 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 it just shows you how far off the mark we are as, like, a race, mm-hmm. you know? Where it. You have so many people, whether they're, they've been brainwashed or maybe they just, they're not educated enough or whatever it is, that they look up to someone like Elon Musk as a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like this guy is pushing, you know, humanity forward. You know, he's trying to get people off of more than oil, anyone else on the oil, planet, oil, you can argue. For sure. Like he's making huge revolutionary uh, uh, steps in electric vehicles, in uh, underground boring, in space exploration, in – I I mean uh, global internet, um, solar technology – Yeah, man, I mean, the guy is is going to
1: enable me to retire to a mountaintop someday because I'll be able to get some Starlink Internet access for
0: sure. And (laughs) I don't think people realize like no one wants to think about like the things he is really trying to push the needle on, because like you just said, like that just seems like some weird like, you know, dream of somebody. But you don't know how many people out there want to live where they grew up, you know, or mm-hmm. like want to live somewhere remote. But because of financial reasons, it's just not possible. And it makes large, small chunks of land highly populated by a majority of our race. And it fucking, it promotes disease and and fucking stupidity <laughs> fucking <laughs> just like it just breeds bad things you know so like just that one thing alone making people able to be a part of society on a on a regular level and work the job they want to do in far out places like you know just anywhere yeah. you don't have to be in a city you don't have to be in a suburb somewhere you don't have to be close to you know wherever, but you know, that's just one thing, dude. Then all those other things we just named fucking are game-changing as well. Just fucking figuring out a tunnel system underneath our roads would be game-changing. Huge. I don't know if he's still working on that.
1: I think he might have given up on that, didn't
0: he? Nah, he just, I just read something that he just started something up again. Maybe it was on the back burner or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, he's a man of ideas and a man of action, which is a rare combination. It's
0: usually one or the other. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's it's like who cares? He's a human being. He's gonna be. He's gonna have some problems, and it's just like you're a problem. Like anybody's talking shit has to realize they're a problem. They're mm-hmm. a bigger problem. than Elon Musk is on the fucking world, so <laughs> <it's> yeah. Like- <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing. It's weird. It's like a hundred percent of the people that are hating on Elon Musk are less important to him to then are less important to humanity than him.
0: A hundred (laughs) percent,
1: which is a crazy thing to say. And it seems fallacious, but it's not. It's hundred percent true and almost inarguable.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, I mean, just back to my original point, it's just really sad to see such a large chunk of people in this country seem to just hate them for no reason other than being one of the richest people ever in the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, instead of just seeing that as a byproduct of being one of the most intellectually driven people in the world. Who is yeah. made? <laughs> I get. <I>, yeah. We <laughs> so and he's a. The funny <laughs> thing is, is he's an
1: African immigrant, technically. So you like look at that, and it's like, man, could you imagine if you just, uh, you know, did like the Sean King treatment on Elon Musk? Give you know, gave him a little spray-on tan, make him look a little ethnic. Claim that he's like one tenth Cherokee, like fucking Pocahontas does. And uh, I wonder what, like, their take would be on him then.
0: Well, he'd still be, I mean, he'd be a conservative black man.
1: That's true. I mean, Larry Elder is definitely the the black face of white supremacy. Uh, That's what they were calling him in the Southern California runoff election or, like, the recall with Gavin Newsom. (laughs) The black face of white supremacy (laughs) I would have ran with that (laughs) Um, so good They live (sighs) You gotta put on the glasses people Speaking of glasses broadcaster I heard you might have some uh, intel On uh, a certain famous Japanese video game developer
0: You know, I don't own an Instagram account, but (laughs) for some reason I get uh, previews, or I don't even know how they come to me, but they're on other social media platforms. People (laughs) retweet and shit like that, but apparently the man himself has been just taking pictures of clocks at certain times and posting them on his Instagram. Hmm. Everyone's speculating that it's a countdown to the final hour.
1: Oh, so it's going down like each time he posts a picture of a clock.
0: No, just random fucking times. Oh, (laughs) what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Or maybe the, maybe the dude easier. just likes
1: clocks, man. He's getting to that age.
0: Listen, dude. I think he's a fucking asset. He's. A, I mean, that guy, he was He was getting 13-year-olds into DARPA. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I mean, I didn't even know what any of this shit was. And he was like, this is how the government will fuck you when you're 50. Think hard, and you're like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. I honestly think, and I hope, that's fucking New Zone of the Enders. That's what I hope it is. That would be tight. He posted. There was, like, this weird, like, uh, I was looking at, like, his Instagram account. And it was, like, early, it was, like, yesterday or earlier today. It was, like, late last night. He posted some weird, like, um, book cover, like magazine cover. It looks like a novel of some kind, like maybe a graphic novel, and it's just called "The Last Astronaut." It has a bunch of Japanese writing over it, but the co- it ha- it's just like a picture of like almost a mobile suit Gundam slash Zone of the Enders looking space colony mm. floating in space, and I don't know. I think. I do you think Zone of the Enders is like the most
1: underrated video game of all time? Where do you put it on that list? Because I, when I think about underrated video games, Zone of Enders is one of like the ones that immediately pops in my head.
0: Well, I think it su- mainly suffers from two things: it just being a side project at the at the time, like pretty much for its whole development cycle for one and two that's pretty much why it never got complete the storyline never got completed because it was always just a side project and two it being ahead of its time just okay. for like what it was trying to do i mean even though it was a hell of a ps2 launch out i mean if it, it was one of those games that i'll never forget it's like watching the matrix for me like it was mm-hmm. just one of those moments where i got my hands on the ps2 It was a huge revolutionary Uh, jumping graphics and zone of the enders, not only was a huge push in graphics, but it was a huge push in just gameplay capability. Yep. All of a sudden you went from like playing FF seven and FF eight and nine with like, Really undetailed sprites and fucking no, pretty much no dynamic lighting effects at all in the game besides the the cutscenes and stuff like that. And even then, <laughs> you know, it was very little. In this game, you had shadows and and beams of light and bunch of like machinery with little red tracers around their edges floating around you and they. Your blade had energy glows and stuff like, dude. The graphics, and how fast the mechs were, the detail too, dude. Like how those little hook thing came out of your feet when you touched the ground and you actually made sparks as you were grinding on the road, mm-hmm. and it tore up the ground when you hit grass and earth. It was, it was just you didn't see anything like that even till like, I think like the PS3. You know, you started to see things like that. Zone of the Enders was, yeah, so much ahead of its time. Zone of the The Enders Two was just Zoe One magnified. Like it was, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's just pretty much more of the same game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, I like Zone of the Enders Two as well, but Zone of the Enders One is just like a special game. When I think back on it, like the boss battles in that game were also totally ahead of their time. Like they were sort of akin to like raid bosses and MMO RPGs. Like, they had complex mechanics. And when I look back at that, bosses bosses really didn't have complex mechanics like that back then. It was one of the first games I remember having that sort of level of, uh, at least in action, like turn-based RPGs kind of had intense mechanics, but it's a totally different thing. It's like an apples and oranges comparison to, like, an action game.
0: Yeah. It is weird, though. I mean, I'd like to see what's going on in that guy's head here soon because if it's not his the ender's game, I mean, I trust whatever he's doing, but uh, I mean, there's just so many things that have been left on the burner with this guy and the fact that he might, uh, just to think that he's starting another new game after doing Death Stranding. Just kind of, I don't know. Kind of, almost makes me worried that he's like losing his. He's losing it a little bit. He's getting pretty old, man. Like all
1: of the great developers from Japan that we grew up with are all getting really old. It's kind of sad. Like I saw a video interview with Tetsuya Nomura the other day, and I was looking at him. I'm like, holy fuck, he's a great grandpa. Shit's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I I would lo- like Zone of the Unders, New Zone of the Unders, best case scenario. What I think it actually is, is probably a sequel to Death Stranding that involves time travel. That's my guess.
0: That'd be pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. We'll see, though. Anything uh, h- coming out from Hidao Kojima is going to be good it's like i'm not there's really no bad case scenario unless it's like oh i know when i'm gonna die and this is a countdown to when my cancer is gonna kill me or something like that that's the only possible bad scenario that'd be so brutal dude <laughs> it would be
0: i wouldn't put it past him from doing though it's something i feel like it's something he might do damn dude and the final image is just hit out blackout, <laughs> blackout. <laughs> hideo hit out i don't know how you, everyone pronounces it but
1: yeah, it, like they pasted into like the old like death thing from Metal Gear Solid. Like, Kojima san, are you there, Kojima san? Kojima san! Kojima san!
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is like time. Serpents. See, mm. eating its own tail. Mm. Time. Snake. Snake eater. Oh. Snake. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Wait, 3. <laughs>
1: are we getting back to Metal Gear
0: Zero? <laughs> it all goes back to Metal Gear Zero. <laughs> Boys and girls, let me tell you something about Metal Gear Solid Zero. It is a legendary. I don't even know if it's up anymore. If it, <laughs> This guy, in the first minute, like has you hooked and thinking he has solid information on death. This was like way before Death Stranding got announced and that he thought Death Stranding was going to be Metal Gear Solid, the first Metal Gear Solid out of uh, Konami's hands. And you listen to him for like 45 seconds. You're like, all right, here we go, here we go. And then he's like, first, step one. We open up Photoshop <laughs> it just ends up being a fucking troll, like the most like eight-minute long fucking troll you ever seen. It's a fucking legendary dude. It's absolutely it is. legendary.
1: Uh broadcaster, are you ready to get to our preview
0: of Thor Love and Thunder? Oh dude. So ready for all the love and thunder. Padme
1: his hands were once used for battle. <laughs> now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out exactly who I am. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> 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 okay, I'm I wanna choose my own path. Live in the moment. Oh, this is like a guardians of the galaxy style or my superheroing days are over. Oh totally.
0: <laughs> in the blue hair.
1: I told you. Do you ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Me? What? Just listening.
1: Well, it was awesome till the last two seconds. (laughs) So that was Natalie Portman, right?
0: Yeah, and I've never seen Natalie Portman look so unattractive in my life. Yeah, I was
1: about to say, uh, Natalie Portman was a babe my entire life till about two seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah,
0: my dick went real soft. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was a little weird. Uh, They could have at least made her Thor suit somewhat attractive,
0: Like, it didn't have to be a bikini, but it It looks somewhat funny, but it's like it kind of looks like Femboy Thor for a Uh, little bit there. Well, maybe a
1: little, yeah. I like the fact that Fat Thor is a part of it because that was my favorite, absolute favorite part. We're definitely going to get
0: an 80s, we're definitely going to get an 80s style workout montage. There's no doubt that's coming. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it is, uh, is the guy. God, what's his name? James Gunn. Is James Gunn involved with this? Because this looks a lot like his movies.
0: Mm, I don't know. Interesting. Could be just someone trying to copy the formula. Maybe, but I mean, the last Thor movie was what? Thor
1: Ragnarok, right?
0: I was Takidi Watari or something.
1: Adi Takidi Tohada. Okay, so he's probably just copying James Gunn's style. Definitely felt like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, though, when you, like, just from the trailer, the tone. Nothing like the original Thor movies, that's for sure. You
0: mean the ones that sucked?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, God, I don't even, the second one was the one that I really didn't like. I don't even remember what it was called. Uh,
0: The Dark Realm or something. Yeah,
1: Dark World or something. Yeah. yeah. Sucked ass. I guess Thor Ragnarok kind of had some leanings in that style. That was one with Hulk, right?
0: Yeah, that one was dope.
1: Yeah, that one had some comedy. It was leaning into the comedy, too. So I, I guess that they were already starting to do that with the last one. But this one seems like they're going a little deeper. How deep. I don't know, but I just as soon as I finished watching that trailer, I remembered uh speaking of Twitter. I think some Twitter mob was pissed off that Chris Pratt was in this movie. And they're like I don't know, they're like either calling to boycott it or they were trying to get them to like CG him out or so. I don't know. It was weird. But for what? Because he's a Christian, I don't fucking know, man. What, dude? The, dude? The vocal minority MC fan joking? base. No, I'm not joking at all. This is totally real. I don't like. What? I might be making up ten percent of it, but like ninety percent of what I just said is absolutely true. There is definitely a, a Twitter mob after Chris Pratt. I just don't exactly remember what their end game was. I don't remember what they were calling for. I just know it was some sort of like get rid of Chris Pratt. I just don't remember exactly how they wanted to
0: do it. I mean, he did fucking have a baby with that retarded ass chick from Scary Movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, the mistake was- <laughs> and then he bounced and married fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger's relatively hot daughter. I got to say that I'm surprised Arnold produced a daughter
0: that attractive. Well, that's fucking. Uh, who was his wife at the time? That was a. Uh, wasn't she like a Victoria's Secret model? Fucking... Are you
1: talking about Anna Ferris or are you talking about the Karen Schwarzenegger or whatever?
0: Oh, is it Karen Schwarzenegger? I think that's about... her name. Oh. I don't know then. <laughs> well, I don't know I'm about.
1: TLDR, she's pretty fucking hot. And uh, Chris Pratt definitely moved up in the world. It's interesting that people you don't see a lot of hate for hollywood actors just because they're christian like there are a lot of christians in hollywood they don't go around bragging about it but there's a lot of them in there it's weird like chris pratt hasn't really done anything he hasn't been me Tooed. like he hasn't done anything controversial it's just really weird that like this like hate boner the left left wing mcu fans have for him
0: he probably retweeted Trump or something at some point in his career. Yeah, and it was just game over at that point.
1: Yeah, there was probably like some low res image of his like locker and it had a Trump hat in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. You I, he's, wear a hat to your, to the local pizzeria. It's on Sunday.
1: Yeah, he's playing Mario in the new Super Mario Brothers movie too, and they're all pissed off about that as well.
0: He's playing Mario. Yep. I mean that. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds fucking hilarious. At the same time, <laughs> I'm like, God damn it! This world's gonna burn. <laughs> they should get Leguizamo
1: back for Luigi. It'd oh, be Tied so in. not cool.
0: <laughs> Fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. I know. <laughs> It'd
1: be funny though. They could argue politics while they're fighting Bowser.
0: Pretty sure that guy was on the Epstein's flight logs yeah i'm not i'm making that up i'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm just
1: i really dead. used to like john leguizamo too it really upsets me how much of a piece of shit he turned out to be like one of like people hate on the spawn movie a lot but leguizamo in that spawn movie was like one of the craziest demonic villains of all time like for sure I think back on that, that character, and it's, like, haunting. It was a haunting character.
0: Fucking the pest. Pest was a classic. Dude. was oh, that, uh... Romeo and Juliet must die? Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Yeah, dude, he uh, had some bangers back in the day. Uh um, sad. What else? He was, uh... I can't really think of anything
1: else. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff I'm blanking on, but he was
0: prolific, man. What happens when uh, you put yourself out there, eventually um, you realize they're pieces of shit.
1: Yeah, like the latest, like all he does now is like woke comedy specials about Mexican history or something that are just like basically him like being racist towards white people for an hour. <laughs> I tried watching like five minutes of it and I just had to turn it off. It was so cringe.
0: Yeah. They're, he's one of those people that thinks he's way cooler than he is. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm cautiously optimistic for this movie. You know, it's, that trailer, other than the last couple of seconds, was—it looked like a fun movie. Maybe it's not a great movie, but at least it looked entertaining, and you know, like you'll have a good time and not, maybe not be lectured at for.
0: <laughs> I think these are the only good Marvel movies that are come out now. Yeah. Like when I see like the more serious ones, it's just, like I know they're going to be crap because like there's. Nobody can, like, put together big ideas over there, it seems like, anymore. I mean, you you, we're about to review Batman, and I'm going to compare a very classic Marvel movie to Batman here soon. But it just seems like, compared to the first couple phases of the MCU, they were so slow burn and well thought out and carefully constructed. And when the, the payoffs were good, you know, and now they just seem to be trying to do that every two movies now. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it it, it sucks. It just, it's, they're terrible. Even the new Spider-Man, it was like, you know, it was good, but it's just just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's like, it would have been cooler if you were teasing the other Spider-Mans for a while. It would have been cool if Venom was more intricately connected to it. You know, it, I don't know. This seems shallow, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: It is. It's a dead horse at this point. It's a cash cow that's been milked to death, and they're not going to stop milking it
0: anyway. Like, and, uh, we're getting, I mean, Thor, Love and Thunder, we're just, uh, what is it, fourth Thor? We're just randomly getting Jane Foster as Thor, who wasn't even in the last one at all, and I think she was like, Barely in the second one? Or no, she was pretty heavily involved in the second one, wasn't she?
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I think remember. she was. Yeah, the the Ragnarok, though, was she even in Thor Ragnarok? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's quite the about face. And uh yeah, that costume, it's just like they just dressed her in a male Thor costume. Like, could you at least feminize it a
0: little bit? I forget where she when they originally did it but I mean it's comic accurate but I don't know how recent of a storyline it is. Some tells me it was made in the 2010s like kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I know nothing about female Thor. I didn't even know it was a thing. I'm guessing that most of the female versions of male superheroes all are like post 2010. But uh Yep. <sighs> what are you going to do, man? We live in a society. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, Arthur, you're a really good dancer. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, man. So the the creator of this new one, though, he's like a he's a woke tard, right? I'm pretty sure I saw some like interviews with him where he was virtue signaling quite heavily.
0: What's his name?
1: Something Tahiti or Talibi or something.
0: Oh, so it was the same guy that did Ragnarok. Yeah. And
1: I like Ragnarok but it, I don't know. Maybe this guy can separate his fucking shit with like creative process cuz some people can do that, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Jojo Rabbit was pretty cool. Literally did a boy Nazi Boy Scout camp movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> huh. You never yeah. seen
1: that? No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, it's called Jojo Rabbit, and they're, like, in this Nazi town where everyone's pretty much, like, Boy Scout Nazis. <laughs> and, like, the kid is, like, hiding a little Jewish girl um, from his family. And it's, like, this, you know, kind of kid-friendly, like, oh, this family's different than the rest of the Nazis. They actually like Jews. Oh, they're not really Nazis after all type story, you know? Uh, interesting. But it's, it's funny, dude. Interesting. Pretty funny movie. And he did well, that. I was just yeah. a baby.
1: Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, because Thor Ragnarok, I did like that movie. That was one of my favorite of, like, these, like, recent MCU movies. Like Like, of all the ones that have come out in, like, say, the last six years, Ragnarok was one of my favorites. Up uh, like Infinity War part 1, Thor Ragnarok and that's about it. <laughs> I think I don't really think I like any of the other ones. Hey man, you didn't like James Spader as Ultron? That was that was longer than 6 years ago, man. Damn, wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like 8 years ago. Pretty sure Age of Ultron was like 2014, I believe. Maybe 2015. Definitely a long time ago. Damn.
0: Uh, well, broadcaster.
1: Any final thoughts before we move on to the review that would be king?
0: A statue will be erected in my honor. <laughs>
1: And we're back with our review of Batman. And the creator of this reboot, I guess, describes it as the following. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Short and sweet, broadcaster Nichols. So, uh, lay it on thick. You like this one? Tickle your fancy, did it?
0: Dude, it's the shit. <laughs> it's the shit, isn't it? It's the best shit I've ever seen, dude. Mm. I think it was dope. Yeah? I think it was. He sure he's probably my favorite Batman, dude? Pretty sure this was a. Uh... What? Seriously? Yeah, pretty... Wait, 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 wait. Seriously? Yeah, Is your number one Batman seen. movie of all time? No, my favorite like person to play Batman. Oh, oh, okay. He was like the coolest Batman I've ever seen. Yeah. So
1: I look at him as the opposite of uh, Affleck, Batfleck. Uh, yeah, I thought was probably Batfleck was the most
0: disappointing Batman I've ever seen.
1: Batfleck was the yeah. worst Batman of all time but he was a decent Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne was okay. It was, wasn't was as good as uh, Keaton's, but it was good. This is the opposite. Pattinson is by far the best Batman of all the Batmans, and I actually include Keaton in that. I think he's a better Batman than Keaton, and I feel dirty even saying that. On the other hand, I think he's a mediocre Bruce Wayne. I think he's an okay Bruce Wayne, but not great. I think he's probably in the bottom half percentile of Bruce Wayne's, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think his voiceovers as Bruce Wayne are really good. Like with his like monologues and stuff like that, especially at the beginning when he's like Tuesday, six o'clock, <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that was, I thought that was fucking, weird. and then when at the end, when the city's flooded, he's like Wednesday, 7 p.m. <laughs> City fucking flooded. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, just, I, I love it. And
1: I know it's like it's year one, Bruce Wayne, but year the thing. Two.
0: That's literally the first thing out of his mouth. He goes on a year two model. Okay, well, whatever. It's He's year like one, two years, year two, same thing. been time. doing this for two years, man. <laughs> Fucking sucks, dude. Nothing's changed. Rape, violence, it's all up. <laughs> the, th-
1: the thing with Bruce Wayne to me is I've always looked at his, Bruce Wayne is sort of like a James Bond 007 type. He's supposed to be a little debonair, you know, has his way with the ladies, drinks fine scotches, that type of well, thing. Well he's
0: still a kid Right.
1: And I give him a pass on that part of it. But even then, even considering that it's, you know, supposed to be Bruce Wayne at age twenty five or whatever, I don't know exactly what age he's I think supposed be younger, to be. He's
0: supposed to be I think he's supposed to be younger to be honest.
1: I don't know exactly what age he's supposed to be. But Robert Pattinson is like my age. He's like in his mid thirties, so I don't I don't know what they're going for. But he just comes off as sort of, like, a brat still. Like, I don't know, man. His interactions with Alfred just pissed me off. Like, every time he talked to Alfred, I'm like, bitch, that's Alfred. You respect that motherfucker. (laughs) Little bitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, this just goes to show you the adolescence at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I felt like it was carefully constructed, you know, I felt like his attitude towards Alfred and everything was fine. I think it was a little dramatic. And this was probably the one first. of the only things that I thought was a down, not a downside, but it was just the highlighted worst part of the movie for me was his interactions with Alfred in general. It didn't matter. Yeah. It seemed like the guy that played Alfred and Robert Pattinson didn't have chemistry or something. Like, almost like there's beef between them or something. Because then the the hospital scene, when Alfred's on the hospital bed, and he's, like, they're pretty much just having that weird conversation where it's, like, we love each other, right? <laughs> that, mm. <thing. laughs> like, that seemed so phoned in on Robert Pattinson's part. Like, it just did not seem believable. And it was the only part in the movie where I was, like, kind of, like, taken back and then, like, was I just under an illusion this whole time? Because this seems like really bad acting right now. <laughs> <is> yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there. And his very first scene
1: with Alfred at towards the beginning of the movie, where he likes he does like that cringy, just stereotypical "You're not my dad" line. I just <laughs> hey, oh, you're God, not my God, dad, I hated Alfred. That so <laughs> much. I just wanted to punch him, man. It's like, dude.
0: Yeah, that's. And those are moments where I want to give the actor the benefit of the doubt because I'm just thinking, man, you had, like, maybe you just, there was no choice. You had to do it. Maybe you voiced your concern to how robotic that sound that would sound, but no one would listen to you. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, you're Robert fucking Patson, dude. You should just be able to pull enough weight and be like, yeah, I'm not saying it like that. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, like, there should be, you know, some executive choice. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. It it just that was a really bad line. Yes. You know it was a re- other really bad line and this was probably the most jarring part of the movie and out of nowhere oh, is when Selena Kyle <laughs> up on the tower and you know, the bad signal was just like it just they were having like this really good conversation about, like, you know, cleaning up the city and caring about it and being the one, you know, like all this mumbo jumbo. And then just out of nowhere, she's just like, these white privileged villains, <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah it was out of nowhere she used the term white privilege and it felt so shoehorned dude it wasn't it, applicable
1: at all like it was totally yeah, shoehorned.
0: it's so fucking weird <laughs> yeah and batman just like had no dialogue while she said it so he's just sitting there. it just pans to him staring at her while she says it And i'm just so the viewer has to like speak for batman in their mind is just like oh, that's, uh this, this is weird <laughs> yeah yeah that was definitely that jarring
1: white. there's black villains well, I mean, yeah. an
0: anti-protagonist right and,
1: and i think zoe kravitz is only like 30 percent black i'm pretty sure she's yeah, more white like, than she is black but uh, all the math all the math <laughs> it's not it's not adding up <laughs> it, it's, i don't know it, you just gotta have to have some white guilt line or something that makes you know
0: Make them make everyone it know was. it's
1: intersectional.
0: I think that's really what it was because there's only two black people in the whole movie, which was Gordon and yeah, Catwoman. And, I, think, and right? I just want
1: to say right now that I was surprised at how much I liked Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. I was skeptical going in, that was one of the roles I was most skeptical about going in. Bright spot. I, I loved his James Gordon. It was tortured. It was muted. It was subdued, but it was prolific at the same time. Like it was, it was great. And I love yeah. that he was in it so much. Like he was almost Batman's partner in this movie.
0: Well, that's how it always should be. Yeah. It was I awesome. Mean, I like read comics, dude. You don't read a Batman comic without getting a whole bunch of Gordon.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I love that, that part good. about the movie for sure. Uh, I thought Zoe Kravitz, was decent Catwoman. Uh, I think she's the worst. She's definitely not better than Michelle Pfeiffer, and I don't think she's better than Holly Berry either, but she's good.
0: She's all right. Did you, know, did, did you catch the Michelle Pfeiffer uh, joke? No. She, dude, at one point, they, they're they talking about how uh, she doesn't wear the mask a lot. The like Catwoman that mask. That mask was a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it was a joke. But Well, they made fun of it. He's just like... He's like, it's not much of a mess now, is it? And, and she was just like, what? Did you expect my face to be all slashed up underneath it? <laughs> or something oh, like that. I yeah. Was like, yeah. I was like, damn, that was a fucking super backhanded fucking old school Catwoman
1: joke. <laughs> totally. I didn't even... Like, I heard that, but I just didn't even process it when I watched the movie. But now that you mention it, yeah, that is... Huh. <sighs> well, uh... One thing I will give this movie is I love the direction and the cinematography much in the same way that I did with Joker. This movie is dark and brooding. It has a lot of like it has a lot of Tim Burton Batman in it, but it also has a lot of Christopher Nolan Batman in it, too. It's like this weird mashup of the two styles.
0: I think it's like Tim Burton meets Frank Miller. Like if Tim Burton tried to make instead of doing his own, like Michael Keaton style Batman, he like actually read a bunch of Frank Miller Batman comics and like tried making a movie. That's what it Mm -hmm. felt like to me.
1: I I mean, definitely like plot wise and pacing wise. I totally agree with you. This is like the closest uh, of all the Batman movies. This is the closest to a comic book. True version of Batman. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you also notice that, uh, Alfred was pay- played by Gollum? <laughs> I, yeah. I mention oh, that. Yeah, That's sure. fucking Gollum playing Alfred. And he did a pretty damn good Alfred. I was like, wow.
0: You know. Oh, he's a really solid actor. He was. No one was a bad actor in this. That was mm-hmm. the crazy. But I mean, there were people that were like barely in it to the point where I could, I, I couldn't say like definitively if they did a great job because they were so there's Their parts were so small and fast, but dude, anybody of significance in this movie was knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah, I like the Riddler, Paul Dano. That guy,
0: yeah, he—he's a fucking he—he's dude. He's he should have awards. Yes, like he, like I don't get like how he hasn't picked up because that's fucking that's uh, what's his name from there will be blood. You know, Mm -hmm. that's I mean he's been in all kinds of movies. He deserves like way more credit than he gets
1: yeah yeah he he was really really good uh the only thing i think i've ever seen him in was uh he was in little miss sunshine back in the day yeah um I think that's it, though. I think that's the only thing, because I've never seen There Will Be Blood. It's one of those movies I want to watch, but it's four hours long, so I never get around
0: to it. Someday I'll watch it. Is (laughs) it really four hours long? (laughs) Dude,
1: it's like three hours, 38 minutes or some shit, man. That's crazy,
0: (laughs) because I've seen it like four times. What? And I didn't even think, I didn't even (laughs) notice once, because that's a, dude, that's a legendary good movie. If you even consider yourself a thinking person at all, You'll love that. Yeah. You'll love that fucking movie. I'm, gu- yeah. I'm
1: gonna watch it someday. Like I want to watch it. It's just like
0: it's so hard it's... for me to watch four hour movies, <laughs> man. That movie has so many meme worthy lines, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's an ocean of oil under the ground, <laughs> and I'm the only one I can that can get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> dude. Yeah. I have a competition in me, you see. I have to win. I can't let anyone else succeed. <laughs> Dude, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis knocked it out of the fucking park. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And then he went back to making shoes in some fucking village in Somalia.
0: <laughs> the cobbler, you poor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I, I want to bring up something really bizarre that just trouble. I mean, this is weird. I don't. I, I don't even know how to describe my feeling about this, but Carmine Falcone is played by the creepy butler from Mr Deeds. This is one of <laughs> the there, This dude. is one of the craziest stunt castings of all time. Carmine Falcone should look like Tony Soprano, but instead they got the weirdo butler from true. Mr Deeds.
0: That's not true. I mean Carmine Falcone in the Christopher Nolan movies was pretty much the same stature. He had a little bit of a better jawline, <laughs> but well, I'm talking he about comic the build.
1: I'm talking about comic book Falcone, how he looks in the comic yeah. books. Yeah, he looks it, like that, Tony Soprano. It
0: hasn't, it hasn't been like that since like the '90s. Well, so either they way, changed, dude, yeah, fucking, they changed that a long time ago.
1: <laughs> Regardless, my point is, is that John, I love John Turturro. I love him. He's one of my favorite yep. comedic yeah. actors. He was in uh, the Secret Window with Johnny Depp back in the day, playing the man, the man in the with oh, the black hat.
0: Oh wow, he,
1: dude! He is a great fucking actor. But when I saw that he was playing Falcone, I was like thrown back. Like it was like fucking uh, Grandmaster Yoda showed up and force pushed me into a wall. Is how I felt. It, it was, it's just a crazy, crazy stunt casting. That being said, I liked his performance. I liked him. I, I just can't really wrap my head around the whole thing, though. Like, he should not be Falcone. It's just weird, man.
0: I actually enjoyed it as Falcone, to be honest. <laughs> it was actually kind of heartbroken that you don't agree. Like, I was like, I like seeing him act. Because every time I see him, I'm like, you know... I don't expect you to do serious roles, but I just always want to give really funny people a chance to be serious because I know that that's something that plagues them in their lives, you know, is they want to do something serious and they know no one's going to like take them seriously.
1: Yeah. No, you're misunderstanding though. I liked him as Falcone. I just can't believe that I liked him as Falcone. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, like it just, it's crazy.
0: It shouldn't be, but it is. He was um, super creepy in the fucking club 44 oh, below when yeah. he first comes up to Calum he's just like, and like when that happens and then after the fact, she's just like, he's my father. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A little, uh,
1: taboo, uh, taboo six going on here. <laughs> that whole, that whole relationship was super weird.
0: I don't. And what? What about the dude that played Gil Coulson? Uh, the, the that fucking weirdo at oh, Forty Four yeah. Below. Dude, he
1: he's in a lot of shit.
0: I thought he was going to turn into like a serial killer or something, and he ended up just being a loser. Like mm-hmm. it's whacked. I felt bad for him. I was like, damn yeah. dude, this character's loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: this is a weird movie because. The the okay so like if we really think about it and we really break it down the villain of the movie is Falcone, but the two poster villains are Penguin and Riddler, but they're really not the villains per se. Like I guess you could make more of an argument for Riddler because of you know he's like the seri- he's like murdering people and doing the clues and leading Batman on that wild goose chase, but if you really look at the plot specifically, it's Falcone. Who's the villain, and he dies. Kind of a
0: class. That's kind of a classic Batman
1: story. It is, but I was surprised by it. Like, especially with like the way the trailers portrayed it. The, the trailers really me- made it seem like Penguin was the villain. But as we find out, Penguin is almost an ally. Like he's he's like uh, you know, this is like playing the edge. Version of Penguin. This is like uh Oswald Cobblepot when he's still kind of playing both sides, wheeling and dealing, not exactly eating fish in the sewers like Danny DeVito style. You know what I mean?
0: Legendary <laughs> performance by <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> Another meme worthy <laughs> fucking roll. Yeah. But uh I will say I, though
1: that Colin Farrell's performance as Penguin was amazing, but he, DeVito's still the goat.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, like, you can't really have Penguin without Falcone. You know, those characters are pretty integral with each other until Falcone ultimately passes in the comics and then obviously in this movie. But that's also kind of a Batman thing, you know? Like, all, all of the Batman villains eventually, most of them, work with Batman at one point or another in some way loosely. Totally. That's one of like the many Mr. reasons Freeze and you know all that.
1: One of the many reasons this movie is very comic book accurate it, for the most yeah. part. Not nothing's Talk, perfect, oh, but man.
0: talking about Mr. Freeze, think about what Mr. Freeze would have looked like in this movie if they actually used him as a villain like just the aesthetic of this movie and what they would have brought to the suit I think it probably would have looked pretty fucking dope.
1: dude. Yeah. It would have looked like the main character from Dead Space.
0: Something like that, dude. (laughs) Something really fucking cool, dude. The lighting effects probably would have been the shit. But I honestly like this movie really reminded me of Blade Runner a lot. Aesthetically. And the diner scene. That was probably cinematically. It was probably one of my favorite shots in the whole movie when uh, Falcone dies and they run up to the uh, to the apartment and they're doing the investigating and all that crap. And then finally, somebody comes in. They're like, "We somebody saw him leave the building. We tracked him to a diner or whatever." And they just it shows that that wide frame shot of all the cops slowly uh, coming up to the diner with like the neon glowing lights and the rain. Oh, that was really cool. It shows them bust him. And then the the Riddler looks out to the window and the Batman is just slowly kind of coming out of the dark in, in in the rain, looking through the window at him. Mm -hmm. Like that shot was really fucking cool. Fuck. Yeah. I was dope as fuck. Definitely.
1: This this movie is full of little set pieces that are just like amazingly well done. Yeah. And the
0: person that came up with the red the red flare, there's like two scenes, one in the beginning, you know, where he's holding it above his head and his capes kind of like floating with the red flare gas in the back. And then there's the other one where he's rescuing all the people and it's like showing him lead all the people out of the darkness. Those two were crazy good, too. It's I don't know who came up with that, but they deserve a raise. <laughs> Agreed.
1: Yeah. Uh I think Matt Reeves did a pretty damn good job with this movie. Um I have a few problems with it though. Um first of all, the Batmobile sucks. And it's only in one fucking scene in the entire three hour movie. What <laughs> dude what what's the, hell? the prototype?
0: <laughs> It's year two. That's his first Batmobile. Right.
1: And that's fine. But it it, was literally
0: not even put together at the beginning of the movie. Right. And that was, I think that was
1: my, the part of it I did like is that you actually kind of like saw it before it was built.
0: But a fucking Bugatti super engine and a fucking Dodge Charger body pretty much.
1: It's the, it's like the Vin Diesel fast and furious Batmobile. Like I, like, I swear I expected Vin Diesel to pop his head out and say, it's about family.
0: (laughs) That's what you really should have turned around and said to Alfred. You're my fam- <laughs> you're you're family, family <laughs> Alfred. Now We're let's family, shoot this Alfred. car into space. <laughs> I need you to help me ram this car into Arkham Asylum.
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe how little
0: it was featured in the movie, though. Like, a
1: three-hour movie, how many minutes of screen time did the Batmobile have? Like, 15
0: minutes tops? Maybe less? Yeah. But honestly, I think that's... See, I look at those differently. You know, like I I see that as like world building. Kind of like to encapsulate where you're at in you know, the time frame of of Batman's story like age and storyline because that's his first Batmobile. It's his first chance to use it and it breaks down on him the first time, you know, so like
1: and it gets fucked.
0: It also gets fucked up, you know. So yeah. it's I don't know. I mean you could it's be just, right. Maybe I'm being too
1: harsh on it, but I I just like I expected to see a little bit more of the Batmobile than
0: that. Like he doesn't have Lucius Fox yet. You know. Alfred's still worried about him being Batman. He's not getting laid. <laughs> you know, dude, like not getting uh, this is this isn't good this isn't a good time in Batman's life right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's forgetting to take off the mascara when he goes home. <laughs> that was really funny. He still had that mascara on when he told Alfred uh-huh. he's not his father. He just turned around like a fucking emo kid. Yeah. You're not my father, Alfred.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a little cringy. I was, you know, I was surprised because I'm at a point now where I don't really identify Robert Pattinson as the Twilight Kid anymore. Like I used to for a long time. But now I kind of, I don't know. If anything, I look at him He's more... The lighthouse
0: drunk. Yeah, there. I look at him...
1: I identify him more with Willem Dafoe in the lighthouse at this point. Getting
0: fucked up on church. <laughs> but,
1: but I feel like he kind of reverted a little bit back to Twilight mode in this movie. And that that scene that we were just talking about is a perfect example of that. Like, you're not my dad with, like, mascara on his eyes and shit. It's like, oh, uh. yeah. I
0: think, yeah, for sure. I, but I also think it was kind of proper because like out of all the acting gigs he's ever done i guess vampires is fictional and batman is pretty fictional so he's just like well i've never really done like a a, anything else close to this besides twilight so Mm -hmm. i guess i could see why he pulls from that a little bit you know a mythical character but yeah but no yeah (laughs) don't do it yeah don't do it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, dude i really gotta say dude his batman moments were so fucking i i was r- like just really surprised how well he played Shockingly batman. good batman yeah, yeah shockingly like, good the end there when he takes the double barrel to the chest dude it, like that had me going so much i was like bro, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it is <laughs> and and then he just gets pulled up and fucking that so so why when he gets pulled up and it they make it seem like he's dying right there for mm. a second? Like Selena's just like it's okay, it's over, it's over, and he's having trouble breathing and he's starting to close his eyes and you're like, oh shit, Batman's dying, <laughs> and then Selena just straight up gets starting to get strangled to death. Like this is a pretty brutal strangle job that's going down, and he just reaches for his belt and pulls out some bane juice which mm-hmm. is fucking insane he just like so he has some prototype bane juice <laughs> in his belt this whole fucking time and he even has a spot on his fucking armor where he's going to inject it he's like thought about it. this is a calculated step here and dude when he the the camera effects and just his sheer like anger acting when that hits his leg was like dope his yeah. rage was so fucking cool when that hit his leg, dude. And he just starts beating. He just crushed that dude's face. <laughs> oh, that was super dope. That was one of those other scenes in the movie where it kind of just shows you that he has the potential to be, you know, Batman for the next, you know, five. Oh, yeah. Eight years. Oh, yeah, you know? for
1: sure. And I think he can improve his Bruce Wayne performance. He doesn't need to do a thing to his Batman. It is perfect already. I still can't believe that, I, in my mind, it's already past Keaton, who, he is my Batman, and he was my number one till now. But fair is fair. I can't, you know, I can't play Homer. That was an amazing Batman performance that was unbelievable to watch at times.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah and the the intro scene with him where he beats the thugs up oh, I love that that whole subway. intro
1: is one of my favorite parts of this movie. I love the Halloween aspect of it, and I love yep. how all the Halloween costumes are super creepy. It reminds yep. me of uh uh scarecrow his uh his gas that makes you hallucinate. that's yeah. kind of what all the masks looked like
0: yeah I, I don't know what it is with like like eighties nostalgia and Halloween costumes and stuff like that. But it definitely like just it definitely brings these like feel-good emotions up, even though it's kind of like in this weird dark timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Set in this really gothic city, but
1: Yeah. in the the city itself looked very much like the Tim Burton style Batman yeah. Gotham City, which I really love and appreciate. The that scene though where he beats up those guys the way he just comes out of the darkness uh, dude that whole fucking scene was so awesome and like the way at the end after he'd just beaten everyone up he just like casually turns his head up towards the sky and looks at the fuck, <laughs> the bat <laughs> signal all sinister like
0: <laughs> yeah some of his mannerisms to like questions po- posed to him like are just fucking hilarious where he's just like hmm. it just looks away
1: (laughs) yeah indeed uh one thing that was tough though watching this movie is do do you remember when we first previewed batman like a year ago and we were talking about the rumor that production was stopped several times because robert pattinson and zoe kravitz were just fucking like rabbits on set
0: Damn, for real, dude? That's my man, dude. You re- Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> my man. <laughs> the whole movie, every every scene, i just be like,
1: he fucked her after that scene. <laughs> fucked her after that scene. <laughs> it was a little distracting, man, honestly. Dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, they did have some pretty good sexual chemistry, so this explains a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No wonder they had the motorcycle scene mm-hmm. at the end. And let's talk about waste of time in this movie because I think this is probably the worst thing the movie has going for it is that it's three hours long and about an hour of it, I would say, is absolutely unnecessary.
1: (laughs) There's some bloat for sure.
0: Yeah. Like the whole – because the first hour and a half of this movie, they're slowly building up the fact that Thomas Wayne was not the guy you think he is and he's a little bit more corrupt. And yada yada, and then the movie gets to about the two hour mark, and they go on this sideline, the side story to fully flesh out the Thomas Wayne is a crook story. And it, you know, you find out, you know, necessary beats. I, you know, Thomas didn't exactly just go to fucking Falcone to put a hit on him, it was more like Falcone did it on purpose to have weight on Thomas, mm-hmm. but. It's just like that that whole thing I just said I said it in like thirty seconds, you know they did not have to fucking waste an hour of our time in the movie to to make that happen. That was just crazy, and then there was other there was bloat everywhere else in the movie too, like where it was like what ten minutes of almost ten minutes, I think it was like seven minutes plus or something like that of uh Batman and Catwoman like talking and having like the point break motorcycle uh, split up scene, you know, where they go both different ways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just seemed like movies. I, I get why some people make three hour movies and this movie was a great example, a good example of a three hour movie, but still three hour movies are three hour movies. And you only watch them like once, you know, and that just seems like unless it's there for, will be blood, I'm, and apparently you watched that four times. That's Daniel Day Fucking Lewis. Okay, dude. <laughs> I can't believe you've seen
1: that four times, but yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I, watch I, I, it once, dude. And you you're gonna, going you're
0: gonna watch this. it once, you're gonna be sober, and then you're gonna be like, I'm gonna get drunk as fuck and watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. That's
1: probably a true story in the making.
0: Dude, the violin, dude. The like the movie has acts, and it uses like really fancy like text and the acts act cards. So it's just like things like serious things happen, then you just hear like a violin. This <laughs> <laughs> like, is like like starts the text over the screen. It's just like act three. It just like just starts with Daniel day Lose's head bobbing in the ocean, looking at you like he's gonna murder you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm telling you, dude, the movie is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: This
0: is my boy, HW. <laughs> the other thing the,
1: the other thing I didn't like about this movie and unsurprisingly it's uh the other woke component of it is like the Bella Real or whatever the fuck her name's supposed to be who's like the progressive mayoral candidate um at the beginning, you know, it's a strong Wakandan woman with a full afro and uh It's really just kind of cringy, and just feels like, oh, I'm here because that is the current thing that people, you
0: know, it's just like, it totally was. That's exactly what it it was. Just this is what we call woke tax.
1: And why the why the they made her last name real.
0: Like I'm a real, you know, it's
1: just like she's a so, real black woman. Folks. It's so cringy, man. I just, melanin confirmed. And then, <laughs> and then like her scene at the funeral where she like pulls Batman or Bruce Wayne pulls Bruce Wayne. She's like, we need to talk. I know you're rich and you're not giving any money to our progressive causes. We
0: need to change that. Like that this little I'm walk and talk and super that cringe. Is just like your parents were doing more than you. It's Iron not you type of thing. It's like, Oh, you're just gonna go up to the fucking kid, and his parents today is clearly grieving, he's wearing mm-hmm. mascara, he's like look at his hair. He's cut, dude. Like, look at his fucking hair, dude. The kid <laughs> looks emaciated. Like you're just gonna go up to him and be like, Your parents are dead, I know that, but they're rich and I know you got money, so let's talk.
1: <laughs> I I honestly half expected her to tell him to check his privilege at one point in that conversation. I was expecting that to go down, yeah. but thank God at least they didn't go that far. Uh and then the whole movie sort of culminates with this assassination plot of her which this is part of the movie I don't really understand because her her opponent that she's running against is the first victim of Riddler, right, in the movie. He's the original kill. Then then his final kill is the other candidate who's progress. Like, is this guy just, like, an anarchist that wants no politicians? Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me that he'd kill both of them.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I see, well, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it again, to because this is one of the things I didn't honestly understand, but when I raked through my mind... I kind of see see it as Riddler was talking about how what was that the program before real change or whatever it was called it was like that pro renewal
1: oh yeah renewal yeah that, and that was the Thomas and that was, Wayne
0: that was a money herring. funnel yeah that was yeah that was a money funnel uh, eventually for like you know corruption in the government in Gotham and the Riddler on his like little live stream thing was talking about how he was essentially insinuating that real change is just the other it's the next iteration of that of renewal and that they're going to they need to destroy A.K.A. kill the face of the program who is that chick. Now, they don't really this is where it's kind of up in the air. Is that is that character actually a villain, and we don't know yet? Like she actually is corrupt, and she like she was trying to get in with Thomas Wayne to like blackmail him, or just get some of his money from the Wayne Foundation because <clears throat> that's that's happened before many many Batman storylines. So who knows? But they don't really explain her that well. She gets shot, and then people just start wanting to help her, you know. So in the next Batman, in the next few Batman, she might end up being a stooge or maybe a pivotal villain or who knows where the actual storyline goes, but that's maybe. how I, that's how I took it. That okay. the Riddler was trying to actually point, cause that was the whole point of that. I character. took it as a trying to Point hole, out the, we'll the with corruption theory. of the city the whole time. And at the very end, he's just like, guys, it's in your face this whole time. Like this, fucking program they're trying to put in your face that is her name real is change. real for
1: christ's sake
0: <laughs> because you gotta remember like the whole point of the the riddler's thing was is they never ever they never stopped the uh the selling the drugs mm-hmm. the the city just got involved with it you yeah. gotta cut you know <laughs> so
1: yeah of course yeah, I don't know. I just the the ending of this movie fell flat a little bit for me. I liked parts of the ending. I liked the action parts of the ending, but plot wise, I thought it was really thin. I thought that like them it culminating with fucking Riddler's followers trying to assassinate the woke mayor candidate just felt weird and sort of just like well we have nothing else to do here, so we'll just do this. Is how I took it. But, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it'll kind of like the sequel will kind of fix it and explain it more. Which, by the way, I don't know if you heard, but the sequel's already greenlit. It's coming.
0: Yeah. Well, that's pretty much like, remember the George Clooney movie? (laughs) Batman and Robin? Fuck yeah. Yeah, like, there was a very similar scene in that where, like, Batman goes to a bank, Bruce Wayne goes to a banquet. And, like, I think it's, I think it's, uh, what's her name? Fucking Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy or something. Yep. And she's like trying to grease him the same way. What's her name from The Real Change is trying to grease uh, Robert Pattinson in that scene. Essentially, it's just like, yeah. "Oh, wow, Bruce Wayne just showed up. Everyone knows he's rich. He never shows his face. Let me try to go grease his pockets." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our gig, you know. That's what it kind of felt like to me. Okay. So, who knows? Maybe.
1: Uh, I mean, that's it's possible. Uh that's definitely the glass half full. Um Yeah take on it i
0: definitely have high hope because especially with the movie ending with um the the retaining wall breaking in Mm. arc part of arkham flood or uh pretty much the whole arkham district and part of like gotham city floods Mm -hmm. like that is one of the coolest storylines that has never been told cinematically in batman history and they set it up So that going forward is going to be super dope. So so do you think the next Batman
1: movie is going to actually have that as a part of it or do you, because like i kind of was thinking For sure they were gonna skip time a little bit and go past that when it was already fixed so you no, think when oh, the dude. next movie starts it's gonna be like right after this one ends so you think it's just gonna go straight absolutely okay it's gonna
0: be it's gonna be like a year a year two and a half year three movie with uh, him going to arkham silo because pretty much what's gonna happen is is that flooding is going to um make all the villains get out of arkham And the Gotham's gonna fall into chaos, yeah. Well, they they
1: set up Joker. Uh, did you notice that? Yeah,
0: yeah, at the end, there's like a delete. I never, I guess I didn't see it, but I guess there's like seven minutes of like or six minutes of a deleted scene where Joker or uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman goes to Joker to ask him for help with the Riddler case,
1: yeah. Um, I think the reason they cut that Is because they're in talks with Joaquin Phoenix I have a feeling I think there might be pressure To combine the two
0: I hope so man Because it was one of the biggest regrets At the end of the movie When I saw that they were going with a different Joker I, I just kind of Yeah I, I don't know it, it bummed me out a little bit Because the movie felt So connected. It did. Like, when it has the same tone. When he's, when the, especially at the beginning, when they go out of their way to like the subway punks Mm -hmm. all have them that face paint on, I'm like, man, that was very Joker esque, dude. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, they kind of just implied that this is like the same gritty universe, you know, just in the future. Yeah. I
1: don't, I don't think this Batman's the best Batman movie. I still think Dark Knight's better. Uh, I think, I think, hard one to beat. I think Mask of the Phantasm, if you count animated movies, I think is better. And I'll be honest, I still think the original Keaton Batman's a little bit better, but I think it's really close, really close. And I think, other than that, I think it's the best. I think it's probably number three or four on my list. But I think the way to, that they could change that with the sequel and make that my favorite Batman movie of all time is for them to bring Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in and combine it. Like when I think about how that could go with Robert Pattinson's Batman, maybe he improves his Bruce Wayne a little bit too. Oh man. Like I could just see it just popping.
0: Yeah, it would be pretty dope. It's hard to think that Robert Pattinson and Joaquin Phoenix, like really having chemistry on the screen I mean, maybe to, they can pull it off, but like I don't know. It just seems like Joaquin's such like a main acting guy, dude. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he would have to play, I guess it's not really like it's the Joker, so it's kind of like they both have, yeah, a huge amount of screen. I don't know. It this seems like it's hard to pull off.
1: Yeah, and Todd Phillips might not like that, too, because, you know, Todd Phillips probably takes ownership of that movie and that character, and he might feel a little weird that Matt Reeves is kind of stealing his Joker from him for his own project. There could definitely be some oh, political
0: shit. With is, is Matt Reeves the director?
1: Matt, or yeah, Matt Reeves is the director of uh, Batman. Todd Phillips is Joker. Hmm. So
0: I don't know. Is there, Is there ever such a thing as co-directing? Yeah,
1: no. It, it happens in TV a lot. A lot of TV shows will have two directors on an episode, but it's an, it's a little bit more rare for movies. But I, I think it's pretty sure it's. Happening. I don't know. Wait a second. The Wachowski I brothers. I don't really know. They co-directed really a lot yeah, of movies.
0: True. I don't know if I would want Joaquin Phoenix's Joker without, uh, uh. What did you say his name was? Todd Phillips. Yeah, Todd Phillips.
1: He'd at least have to come on as a consultant or something. Like, he, there's no yeah. way that they could just like not have him involved.
0: That movie was so good, dude. Every time I it see was. a scene of it, a, a scene from it, every once in a while, I'm just like, damn.
1: Yep. And, and I'll say right now that I think Joker is better than Batman.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, still good movie Joker though. is just a timepiece dude it is like it's a legendary a, it's like there will, really uh, it <laughs> it really there will be blood for Batman it is really there will be blood for these people sure I don't know they'll ever be able to top Joker
1: uh, <laughs> you think that's shit.
0: funny I do think it's funny and I'm tired of pretending it's not <laughs> okay, everything he said in that movie was legendarily legendarily good yeah. <laughs> yep all right. Well,
1: what else can we say about this Batman movie? Broadcaster. Any any other thoughts, appreciations, laments?
0: Um I think mainly I Just going forward, I hope that they don't try to like pay attention to Catwoman too much. I'm hoping Catwoman was just one of the side characters in this movie because Robin can't really be brought in yet; it's too too early, and they they can't really do any. They needed a side character just to you know for structure. It makes sense a little bit, but I'm worried that they're putting just based on this one movie. They're putting Catwoman on the pedestal a little too much.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there.
0: And, uh, you know, I don't want to see Batman 2 with Robert Pattinson and seeing, like, you know, another 45 minutes of Catwoman when they're already trying to add new stuff to the sequel, you know? Like, they might... I mean, clearly they're going to start talking about Joker more. Obviously, Batman himself is going to evolve. He, Lucius Fox might get involved. He might get more gadgets, all that stuff, more, yeah. you know, Bane, Poison Ivy, Clayface. Uh, that's that's the thing. Like, like, I, all like these people. I
1: like Zoe Kravitz Catwoman, the Zaraite, and Zoe Kravitz is a fucking fox. She is hot as fuck, and I enjoyed looking at her. However, she does not need to be in the next movie, and... I don't think she needs to be in any more movies. I think that she should, this should just be her movie. And I think she did a good job. And she like, if you think about this movie, it really just boils down to Falcone's the villain. There's this big sort of like Batman is basically like L from death note investigating this big ball of wax. And it eventually leads to Falcone murdered his parents and, and, killed uh selena kyle's mom and is the dad of selena kyle and it ends with him getting murked and i think that's a tight finished story and i don't think catwoman needs to stick around and like you said there are so many villains
0: bruce and and, and selena get married eventually so she comes she's integral to the whole batman storyline but yeah i don't want to see i i, I get what you're saying right I that could be four
1: either. movies from now if they go yeah, that far exactly. what i'm saying <laughs> is that, like
0: you you're what you just said
1: that the the premise of the flood is going to unlock arkham asylum and let the joker out let all these other villains out okay good let's do that and let's not dwell on catwoman it makes no effing sense to so i really hope that they don't do that and i would be happy if she doesn't show up for two or three more movies bring her back batman 4 if we get that far
0: yeah yeah we it, it, i think it's just interesting to think about what they're going cuz these batmans they never stick around for long you always like when they get introduced you're thinking oh man this is the next batman they're going to cover everything but they really don't they only do a little chunk of established storylines from comics and stuff. And then they're gone before you know it. So I'm interested to see what Robertson, pa- Robert Pattinson's era of Batman's actually going to be. So right now it seems like Arkham Asylum, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Cause we've never gotten that. No,
1: not in the movies. Uh, if yeah. you ever watched the Gotham TV show, which is like year zero Batman, it's when Batman's still like a tweenager. Uh, yeah. the, you see a lot of Arkham Asylum in that. And uh, so yeah, like you, you can see some Arkham Asylum stuff, but not on the movies. Just in the obviously in the comics and in that Gotham TV show. Which, by the oh, way, the
0: video games too. Video games, oh yeah, well games. yeah,
1: the Batman got those. Yeah, for sure. I I just want to throw this out there: that Gotham TV series. All, while the final season was very meh.
0: Uh, final two seasons were garbage. Yeah,
1: okay, true. The first couple seasons were really good, and, like, the the Gordon and his partner dynamic early on with, like, his – I forget the name of the actor, but whoever plays his partner is, like, that fucking Wiley Ginger guy with an attitude – that was an amazing buddy cop dynamic that I never expected. And that, that TV show was decent. I, I think if you're a Batman fan and you've never watched that Gotham TV series, I think you you should give it a watch. It, at least for the first couple of seasons, it's pretty good, in my opinion.
0: Hey, even Jada Pinkett Smith's in it, dude.
1: One of her best roles. Not saying much.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> God
1: damn. <sighs> Keep my wife's name out your mouth.
0: Naomi. <laughs>
1: Okay, broadcaster. Well, before we get to our uh, official rating, I have one final question, uh, Neri, I'm ask you for a prediction. And the easy answer is Joker, but let's let's just just leave Joker out, and let's let's just make him on the the ban list for answers on this. Who do you think is going to be a villain in the sequel? Because the sequel's greenlit, it's happening. So and there's like fucking 30 Batman villains to choose from. Let's not use Joker. Who do you think's coming in the next Batman movie as a villain?
0: Uh Well, just given the times and certain clues in the movie I'm going to say there is a high chance of Poison Ivy, Bane, Hugo Strange, and wasn't there a crocodile villain? (laughs) Yeah, there is a crocodile villain. I
1: forget his name, but there is.
0: I feel like just because you know, the city is about to get flooded. There might be a chance of him showing up, Mm -hmm. but he is one of the more ridiculous villains. I really think because it's all going to revolve around Arkham Asylum and they need to have female empowerment. And they showed the Bane juice at the last little bit of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think that really sets up the premise that a Bane might come around in the next movie, or maybe he'll be at the very end. Maybe they'll, you know, foreshadow him at the end of the next movie. I think Poison Ivy showing up is probably almost guaranteed because there's not many female, big female villains in Batman, and she's probably one of the biggest.
1: I feel like if Poison Ivy shows up, then Catwoman's
0: gonna be back too, which is gonna bum yeah. me out. But yeah. you're probably right. And then Hugo Strange. I'm really hoping for Hugo Strange just because he's one of my favorite fucking comic book villains of all time in DC. He has like when he gets drawn well he looks super fucking creepy dude mm-hmm. and he also was uh a psychiatrist or a doctor or something at Arkham Asylum
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's he also case studies Batman so yeah uh, I think that's coming he's the person
1: he Hugo Strange is who creates Bane right Uh, In the comics, I feel like
0: that's true. Maybe I'm making that up. Is it? I thought I, I Hugo score. Strange. I think because if, if we're going really far back, I'm pretty sure Hugo Strange and Mister Freeze had some weird. They did, they yeah. The same character at one point, and then like there was like an actual split. Like Hugo Strange became his own character, but he was actually the original mr freeze or something like that technically i don't remember yeah
1: yeah well i think that you're probably right and i think my prediction is less likely to be true but i'm gonna make it anyway i think is i think we're getting the court of owls in the sequel i think it's gonna tie into that whole renewal project thing with thomas wayne and martha wayne I think Hugo Strange is going to be involved too, because I'm pretty sure he was a part of the the Court of Owls, right? Wasn't Hugo Strange a part of that?
0: Yeah. Well, he's like Hugo Strange is like OG. He's like one of the first recurring villains. But uh, I definitely, I think it's going to be the side story, though. I think I don't know if that's going to be the main plot. I think Arkham Asylum is going to be the main plot, but I think that is going to be like the foreshadowing plot in in the next movie is the. The continuation of Thomas Wayne in the Renewer, Renewal Foundation and eventually the Court of Owls. Yeah. Because they haven't, I mean, they haven't even shown a goddamn owl statue in that movie. I doubt they're just going to drop the Court of Owls. On, <laughs> I, the, it's just, the
1: thing with me uh, is the tone of the first movie in every way just screams Court of Owls incoming. For some reason, like it's a primordial feeling I have watching that movie that the Court of Owls are just coming. It just fits. Everything about that first movie, the aesthetic and just everything, the writing style, the the way they try and frame it as more of like a detective Batman, rather than action hero Batman, we'll see though.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, broadcaster. Well, as you know, here in the Crack Cellar, we have a official, patented Ghostbusters rating system we use to rate all of our reviews and uh on that system broadcaster, what do you rate the twenty twenty two reboot of Batman?
0: Of Batman. I'm gonna give it an equity gozer. <laughs> 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 An equity
1: goeser No one expects the no, equity gozer. No.
0: no, that's not right. <laughs> cut that, cut that. That's not right. I mean I kind of I feel like I give too many things in S rank, but I don't think we've given too many I mean, S ranks out this year, honestly. I honestly think it's an S rank. You do. had some problems, but it was one of the coolest fucking Batman movies I've ever seen. It's one of the coolest. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because it's like one of the only cool serious comic book movies I've seen, and I'm just seeing you're like a it you're like a thirsty that. man in the
1: desert that found a yeah, spring. Yeah,
0: exactly. But yeah, I'll, I'm like you know. I'm going to give it a
1: transgender boogeyman.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give it a verified, boog- uh, a verified stay puff. Oh, there we go. Shavelle, Marcelle, blue check man. Mark stay puff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Blue check Mark stay puff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to give it. Well, they have some
1: problems, <laughs> but
0: yeah. they can be fixed. Going they can. Forward. Yeah.
1: It's a great start and I'm glad it's getting a sequel. When I heard it was getting a sequel, I was very glad to hear that because it deserves a sequel. It's
0: not perfect. Uh, it's just so good. What it does right is so fucking good, dude. Even if it wasn't it Batman, just like, like we said, the subway scene, mm. the fucking like electrical gauntlet thing, and just like him going back into the Batcave and putting like fucking, I don't even like Nirvana, but the way they put Nirvana mm-hmm. over the fucking movie was so good. And he just puts the little contact video camera back in the the computer re- that's reading it. And he
1: yeah.
0: he's watching... You're watching it from the perspective of Robert Pattinson, that guy just getting electrocuted. That (laughs) was awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It
0: was like Nirvana. Nirvana's playing. He has the mascara on, and you're like, "Damn, dude, this guy's depressed, dude. He's throttled (laughs) right now." (laughs) It's been a while since
1: I heard a Nirvana song in a movie, too. It was a little weird.
0: Yeah, it really set the tone, though. It was really good. It was a good choice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you know. I'm also going to give it a Stay Puff, but I'm going to give it an off-brand Stay Puffs. This is like Safeway like, Select. Has a hole
0: poked in it. You didn't notice? It's yeah. Gonna <laughs> <fail>. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh,
1: it is an A rank. It's an excellent movie. Uh, there's just there's just a few things about it that really rubbed me the wrong way. A few of them can be fixed in the sequel by explaining some things, like with the plot hole that I was talking about at the end. Maybe it's not a plot hole, and they'll explain it, and I'll be like, okay, so it's, that'll help the first movie a little bit to me. But at the same time, there's certain things that you just can't really change, and I, just, I don't think this is a perfect movie. I, I don't even think it's really... I don't know, man. Like it's, uh, I think it's only like my fourth favorite Batman and I like it, but it's just like how, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of weird hype energy around this movie. It might be a little bit undeserving, but I think we're going to that whole thirsty man in the desert thing that we just talked about. I think that's really what's happening. People are so fatigued by fucking Captain Marvel and fucking Captain Falcon in the winter bitch like all these shitty comic book properties that are just so bad that you get something like this and y- your instinct is like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen but if you really think about it it's like there's no way this movie is better than The Dark Knight like The Dark Knight
0: is a true s rank Batman movie
1: it's I not even, it's not even close have to, to I
0: have me to, I probably have to go back and watch it and really see but I know it's a great movie but I don't know this Batman was super fucking good. Dude. It's I play like but this is DC's wise. Iron Man 1. You know, like with Joker and this new Batman, this is like the phase for DC where they're like In spirit, they're starting a new brand, you know, like this is the start of like their turn, you know? Like, that's what it feels like for me.
1: It's yeah, like I I'm not Yeah, I'm explaining a lot about a good rank. I'm giving it because I feel bad for giving it a good rank because it's not the best rank. But I just don't think this movie is perfection, like a lot of people seem to think it is. I think it's really good, and it sets up, like you said, it sets up the DC universe in a way that hasn't. The the last time the DC universe is this exciting was in 2005 when Batman Begins came out, or whatever. It's just like it's been a while.
0: It's always good when people are arguing how good mm-hmm. something is instead of how bad something true, is, you true. know? So,
1: can you imagine if we were like trying to figure out if this was better or worse than Batman and Robin? Like, oh my god, like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> at least we're not doing that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and on that note, we'll close out
0: <laughs> bat nipples. <laughs> bat nipples. <laughs> remember dude rock hard bat nipples <laughs> the fucking breast the bat press breast, breastplates on the costume had nipples dude was it someone wasn't just there like actually a... designed nipples on a bat plate wasn't there a dick bulge too yeah dude no it was very sexual dude it was very sexual <laughs> <laughs> and they had batgirl in it too oh man. oh yeah you know Alicia
1: silverstone
0: yeah dude you oh know i Clint forgot that fucking... she was in that Man, he was getting a slip the slip of that box. crack back hmm. then, dude. He was probably fucking in the back old costume, dude. He was like, no, Dad's a costume <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> <laughs>